What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. One, two, three. Hunt and Hill. Hunt Palmer. Jeremy Hill. Holding down the middle of the day. Live from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge studio, it's Hunt and Hill. Now on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Hour two on a Wednesday here, Hunting Hill, 104.5 ESPN, Baton Rouge. Lots of college baseball talk in hour number one. We'll shift gears toward the NBA here in 15 minutes. But want to chat some NFL, and to do so, we will go out to the phone lines. It is our pleasure to welcome in Brian Westbrook, former Pro Bowler and All-Pro with the Philadelphia Eagles. He of two Pro Bowls and a member of the Eagles Hall of Fame, now with a fanatic up there in Philly, he joins us now. Brian, how are you? Thanks so much for the time. No problem. How are you guys down there? Doing very, very well. Look, I'm going to start out with kind of a a, a heavy question here on the NFL. We're, we're obviously in Saints country down here. I look at the AFC. I look at the Chiefs. I look at the Bills. I look at the Bengals. I look at a lot of teams over there that are really, really good. And then I look at the NFC and I go, I don't love anybody in the East, South. Breeze and Peyton are gone. Brady's getting a little older. You know, no more uh, weapons up there for Aaron Rodgers. Is the NFC just wholly mediocre? You know, I wouldn't say that, that the NFC is mediocre, but when you're talking about divisions like the AFC West, where you just have quarterbacks on top of quarterbacks that can throw the ball all over the field and you have fast receivers that can do a bunch of things with the ball in their hands, it's just hard to compare divisions with that. But you still have Rodgers. Obviously, Brady's going to be who he's going to be. I think Dak is a very qualified quarterback, even though, um, you know, that team hasn't quite got over the hump. And there's always the opportunity for teams to surprise you. There's always the opportunity for young guys like Justin Fields up in Chicago to surprise you, Trey Lance out there in San Francisco to surprise you as well. And so I, I wouldn't uh, count out the, the teams and the, the quarterbacks in particular in the NFC East, I mean, excuse me, in the NFC, but you certainly have much more seasoned quarterbacks that have done it and have done it at a high level in the AFC for sure. The Saints may have seen one of the better efforts from the Eagles this past season. Hurts got the running game going. They really mm-hmm. beat a good Saints defense up that day up there in Philadelphia. What is the feeling from the media and, and the fan base? I know the the, the, the team believes in Jalen Hurts and what they can be. But from the outside, what does the, the town think? Well, we always understand, similar to what we just talked about, if you have the quarterback, in place, and that guy is going to be quality, that you got a chance to win. And right now, the, the question is still out there, is Jalen Hurts the guy? You know, you got A.J. Brown, you got a running game with Miles Sanders, you're adding talent around them, Dallas Goddard at the, the tight end spot. You have a qualified and very good offensive line led by Jason Kelsey there in the middle. But the question is, is Jalen Hurts good enough? And we saw in the playoff game that he just wasn't good enough throwing the football to, to win them a football game. And we all understand, when you are in the NFL, if you don't have a quarterback that can win you a game with his arm, then you're going to have trouble as far as when, as soon as you get into the playoffs. And, and certainly at certain points, 
uh, during the, the regular season as well. Uh, down here in Tiger Country, we had a back by the name of Clyde Edwards Elaire, and he's uh, had an opportunity to get coached by Andy Reid, and obviously you did too. Talk about Andy's ability to get the running backs involved in the passing game, because to me, he's the best in the business at doing that. Well, I love, I mean, I, of course, I love Andy Reid. He was able to get me the ball in all different ways. You know, it's, it's interesting now because I thought Clyde Edwards Elaire was going to have a huge role out there in Kansas City, but what, what you really have seen is Patrick Mahomes just throwing the ball all over the place. And you kind of combine the run game and the pass game to have an explosive offense. But because of the skill set of Patrick Mahomes, you know, that kind of washes out the run game completely up there in the ability to get the ball, you know, to the to the running back in the flat and different things that way. But Andy Reid, on, as, as a whole, he has the ability to create space. And when you got guys like myself or Clyde edwards Lair that can operate in space, make people miss, you know, catch the ball and do something with it after they have the ball in their hands, that makes an offense dynamic. And Andy Reid, when you look across uh, his career, uh, no matter who the quarterback is, no matter who the running back is, offenses have been dynamic. And that continues to this day. And, you know, he, he just continues to do different things that a lot of people just aren't able to do. Create space, get guys open, and then with the ball in their hands, you know, guys are just going to do what they normally do. And that's usually, for the most part, Andy Reid type of guys, they're going to make big plays down the field. So our producer here, probably the biggest Cowboy fans I ever met in my life. And uh, I, I just kind of want to get a, a deep, uh, detailed look like about that rivalry between the Eagles and the Cowboys. You've been a part of a ton of that, and obviously it's still going today. Talk about the rivalry between those two teams. You know, just hatred. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's one of those things that there's just hatred. Um, and when, when it becomes Dallas week, the people in Philadelphia, they start saying crazy things that we probably can't repeat uh, on the radio. But it, it's just about a rivalry, about two different squads. And really, when you think about the Cowboys over the course of time, not, not recently, but over the course of time, they have truly been America's team. Everyone's watching them. Everyone appreciates the star. and They've won Super Bowls back in the 90s and things like that. And that's when that hatred starts to build. And they came to Philadelphia and embarrassed us a bunch of times uh, early on in my career. And, and then, really, you know, things kind of even out over the last, you know, the last 10, 15 years. But, you know, there is a hatred there. And those hatreds, especially in Philadelphia, die very, very slowly. No matter how good Dallas is, no matter how good the Philadelphia Eagles are, uh, the, there still is hatred. And, and that's, that's the beauty of sports. That's the beauty of the NFL, that those rivalries, no matter how good the teams are, still exist. And that's why the NFL is the number one um, a TV and watch program on TV and things like that. That's what makes it uh, beautiful and so beloved uh, with our community. Let's stick with the passion of the Philadelphia fans here. Obviously, um, Ben Simmons spent one year in Baton Rouge and was the number one overall pick, but didn't mm -hmm. have a lot of great things to say about his time in Baton Rouge, not necessarily due to LSU, more the NCAA, but then he goes up to Philadelphia and we know what happened up there. Um, mm -hmm. Can you speak from inside the belly of the beast here to what that city feels about their investment is the number one pick in him and what that turned into? Well, from, from my perspective, and this is my perspective as a former player, I'm just disappointed. I thought that just like any, everyone else around the NBA, you talk about a guy that's 6'10", that can play point guard, that can do all the things that you need him to do and be a really good defender, you're expecting that guy to lead a basketball team to a championship, especially when paired with, uh, with uh, Joel Embiid. Unfortunately, 
Ben became very, I mean, he never really bonded with the fans, never really bonded with the city. Um, and then when you come into a city that's all about blue collar, hard nosed, working people, and you don't play, and you kind of you point your finger at the fans, things like that, you, it, it makes it a very bad taste in the mouth of everyone involved. And of course, not playing, not performing um, is, is the biggest thing. And, and you know, the one thing about people in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia fans, is if you go out there and you just bust your butt, you just try your best, you get effort, and you leave it all on the court or in the field, they respect that. But when you have a bunch of talent like Ben Simmons has, and you're not doing the things that we expect you to do, and not playing the game the way that we expect you to play, which is with passion, with desire, with drive, then that, that's when you kind of get on the bad side of the Philadelphia fans. And that's what exactly what happened to Ben Simmons. He wasn't playing the game with that same type of love that I think the fans would play the game with. And because of that, uh, you know, it, it, began, it became very, very bad for him. And unfortunately, he had to move on. Uh, you see the Eagles front office uh, do a lot to get Jalen Hurts and Webb's obviously taking Devontae Smith last year and obviously adding A.J. Brown this year. Um, mm-hmm. If things don't go the right way for Jalen this year, how long do you think he's going to be the starter at quarterback for the Eagles? Well, to me, it's, it's become very, very clear. Jalen has one year to prove himself. And the, here's a good thing for Jalen. He hasn't been with the same offensive coordinator in the last three or four years, probably more than that. I mean, with changing schools in college and getting drafted and then, you know, changing coaches in the NFL, he hasn't had consistency. And so this year probably is the first time in a very long time that he's had the same offensive coordinator and head coach in back-to-back years. And now we'll see how much better he can be. Now we'll see how much consistency it will help a young quarterback in the NFL. And, and for, from my view, this is going to be a great opportunity, a great litmus, litmus test of how much the, 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 the head coach, the quarterback coach, as well as the quarterback are willing to work together for him to grow. Now, to me, he, he has one season. This is his whole season and really his whole career in Philadelphia as a starter. If it's a question mark after, after this season, if Jalen can be the guy, then, then they'll go find a different quarterback next year in the draft. There's no doubt about that. But he has an opportunity. And really, when you go into the NFL, Jeremy, you understand this. All you want is an opportunity. Put me on the field, put the ball in my hands, and let me do what I do. And if I go out there and I say, okay, I can accept being benched, and I can accept not playing. But if you don't give me that opportunity, then I can't accept that. And this year, they've given them a very good offensive line. They've given them weapons, A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith. They, they've given them everything. He has that consistency from the coach's standpoint. Now he has to go out there and perform. And if he does that, he'll be the starter for years to come. But that's going to be the big-time question mark as you go into the season. All right, so I'm going to put you on the spot here, Brian. Who wins the NFC East next year? Well, I'm going with the Eagles. I mean, <laughs> I, think, I think they put enough talent around Jalen Hurts to, to make it close. I also believe that as good as I think and have thought the Dallas Cowboys have been in, the, in previous years, they never have really just dominated. They never have really you know, just ran away from things, even though I thought they, they, they've been the most talented team for the last five years in the NFC East. This year, because of that, I think the Eagles, with, through grit, determination, they bought into Nick Sirianni's system that they can go out there and win themselves some games, and I think they will win the NFC East. One more, Brian. Uh, as you get out of here, we appreciate your time. Uh, you were a machine at Villanova, accumulated 9,500 total yards in your collegiate days and a proud Wildcat. What was your thoughts when Jay Wright decided to step away right there after the Final Four? 
Well, listen, I, I, I hate to see a guy like Jay Wright uh, step away, not just because of the national championships in 16 and 18. I, I love that, just like everyone else. But this year, to me, was his best coaching job. He had no business getting that team into the Final Four. That was grit, determination. It was the ability to get guys better from their freshman year to their, in this case, fifth or sixth year. And they were able to make it into the Final Four when they were they, they were just they were not the most talented team. They weren't the, the fastest, the tallest, the quickest team. They just they just battled every single day. That's that comes from the head coach. And so for for Jay to to kind of hang hang up the, the coaching clipboard and things like that, it's certainly disappointing. But I know that he left our program in a great space for Kyle Neptune. He left it in a great place for him to continue to grow. Hopefully that 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 legacy will continue to grow and, and build on itself with Kyle. And it's a great opportunity for a young coach to come in and, and put his place and his presence uh, on, on, on display and be able to go out there and win some basketball games. And so, yeah, Jay left a great legacy. He, he built a tradition there at Villanova, and that would never be forgotten. But we also are looking forward to the future as well, and I'm excited about that as well. He's a two-time Pro Bowler, a first-team All-Pro, a member of the Philadelphia Eagles All of Fame. Brian Westbrook, our guest here. Thanks so much for your time, Brian. We'll do it again. No problem. Thanks, guys. Take care. Brian Westbrook from up there at the Fanatic in Philadelphia. That was uh, some really good stuff. I, look, I you telling me that's the best team in the East? Yeah. They got Jalen Hurts taking snaps? Yeah. I still think the NFC is mediocre. That's, <laughs> I think that's my my summer long thing. I just yeah. I'm looking around. I'm going. Yeah, the Rams look good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could see the Bucks being pretty good. I could also see it not working out. I, I just <laughs> yeah. I, I think there are probably five teams in the AFC. I would have more confidence putting my chips on than anybody in the NFC at this point. Yeah, I mean, the NFC, I think, you know, you see the change in the guards, especially, you know, with the receiver position up there in Green Bay, and then obviously not really having those proven quarterbacks. Russell Wilson leaving the division, and so you lose some lose some power at the top. But I, I think, you know, I, I kind of agree with Brian a little bit that sometimes there's always a team that shocks you. There's yeah. always a team that makes that next leap, and so we'll kind of see how that plays out. I don't think many people were predicting the Rams last year, but your boy right here. But, uh, yeah, we know how that thing's going. But, yeah, I think the AFC is definitely more talented. Glenn West with some updates on LSU's baseball team in 15 minutes. When we come back, a little chatter about the National Basketball Association. That's next on Hunt and Hill. Serving up the latest from the sports world. It's Hunt and Hill. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and you can make every game feel like Game 7 on FanDuel Sportsbook, an official partner of the NBA. Throughout the playoffs, all customers can place a no-sweat, same-game parlay each week. You get up to $20 in free bets if you don't win. FanDuel has so many ways to play, and best of all, when you do win, you'll get paid faster than a fast break. FanDuel's catching on. They're catching on to the Eastern Conference Finals. You can now get an odds boost on either team between Boston and Miami to win by 15-plus points. Four, plus 420 if either team wins by 15 or more. It's been a competitive series in terms of games won, in terms of games on the floor. It's been a disaster. So if you think it's going to be another blowout, jump in. Throw your odds boosted from plus 320 to plus 420 on that one. Celtics and Heat, the uh, Celtics two-and-a-half-point favorite in Miami tonight. So jump on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Jump on your same-game parlay and make it happen. Either way, you get up to $20 in free bets if your same-game parlay in the playoffs doesn't win. FanDuel Sportsbook's an official partner of the NBA. You must be 21 and present in Louisiana. Refund issued is a non-withdrawable free bet that expires seven days after receipt. Max free bet $20 per week. Restrictions apply. See full terms. Sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or someone who has a gambling problem and wants help, 
Call one 770 stop Hunt and Hill, 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. They've played two at the Hoover Met, scoreless between Auburn and Kentucky. LSU gets the winner of that game. Loser will go home. It's Auburn. They'll wait their postseason destination. If it is Kentucky, they will go fishing as they will be done for the year. Um, speaking of done for the year, the Mavs are not done for the year. I'll give them credit. Um, they played really hard last night, and you didn't have to. I mean, you've got an in, almost, well, what is in NBA terms, an insurmountable deficit. It's never happened before. And you come out there and play really hard. I didn't think there was a single statistic that proved how tough the Mavs played on the defensive end of the floor last night, other than the fact that the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors, which would go down as the greatest shooting dynasty in the history of the league, attempted three open threes last night. Yeah. Three. That is playing some defense yeah. if you're the Dallas Mavs. Props to them. Yeah, no, you definitely got to get props on. I know I thought it'd be over. I was getting my broom out yesterday. I thought it was done for the Mavs, but um, that was a great performance, and it really makes you look back on that game, too, uh, and the Mavs let one slip away. They could easily have this series tied 2-2 right now. They were up 19 on the road at Golden State. Um, they let that one slip away, and then obviously you saw how the way they played last night. So um, they, they let one slip away, but, you know, this this is the brand of, of the Mavs that, you know, they, they have to get going. And you see Luka's record when he does score 40 points. They're 2-6 and six when he scores 40 points. So uh, to see the other guys get more involved, obviously Reggie Bullock made a shot, you know, to see him go 0 for 9 the game before and to see him knock down some threes. And obviously Finney Smith got involved. And so when you get those others involved, like my boy Shaq always says, um, it makes it so much easier for your superstars. And I think that's the brand of the, the basketball the Mavs need to play if they want to continue to try to make this a series. The Mavs, on the other hand, took 25 open threes. They made 15 <laughs> of them last night. Uh, so maybe the Warriors didn't exactly have their foot on the gas, but the Mavs played very, very well. Um, Luka has scored 30-plus in every elimination game in his NBA career, which is impressive on the one hand, and then you bring out the stat that when he goes and tries to do too much himself, it doesn't really help the rest of the team. But as I look at that team, and you know we've watched them now for a couple of weeks, you just got to hope there's another option. There's not yeah. a proven second option. You just have to hope yeah. two more guys show up to the arena that night. And, mm-hmm. you know, last night they did. We'll see if it happens again. But I, I think it would be easy to get on the radio mic and say, hey, look, they won that one. Warriors better win this one because if they go back to Dallas, you know, Dallas can take control. Then game seven, anything can happen. But then I sit back and go, that would be a stupid thing to say because – the Warriors are going to win one of the next three. It's yeah. just that's the way it goes. Yeah, it's insurmountable. It, yeah. That's that's one of those things where, you know, obviously the Warriors even made it a game last night. They had no business being in that yeah. game in the fourth quarter, and they still found a way to make a run. So um, I, I think going back, and I think you, you heard Steve Kerr before the game, just obviously everyone knows what happened in Texas yeah. uh, yesterday. Um, it just seems like, you know, they weren't really focused on that. Kerr didn't even want to talk about basketball. So I think getting a chance to go back home, you know, reevaluate, you know, getting sharpened back up, it's going to be too tough for them to go back into that chase center and try to win another game. So I think, you know, I wasn't right last night, but I think the Warriors close it out in game five. Okay. Uh, game, uh, this series in the East, it has just <laughs> been a snoozer yep. from tip to finish of every game. And then you look and go, well, it's a good series. But every game stinks. And I just gave you at the end of that segment, the fan duel, where it's like if, if you can bet on, <laughs> on a team to win by 15 plus and the odds are boosted over plus 400. So if you think it's going to be another route, uh, have at it. But the Celtics are favored tonight mm-hmm. in uh, Miami. I still don't have a great grasp on 
who shows up day to day to the Celtics in terms of the injuries and Smart's been in and out, and we'll see you know what his situation is. Jalen Brown, eh. um, but it's I keep saying I think the Celtics are going to win, and mm. they 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 end up laying <laughs> eggs. Yeah. I don't think they're going to play as poorly as they did in Miami. I think this game is going to be close because I expect the road team to stay in it for once. Um, but I'll I'll take Miami tonight. I'll mm. you know whatever. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the more weird, wacky series I've ever seen. It's just like. You think you think one thing going into a game, then the next thing, just a team just absolutely doesn't show up at all, and that's just weird for this time of the season. You think teams who both made it to the Eastern Conference phone, Eastern Conference Finals would be laser focused and locked in, ready to play every night, but that's just not been the case, and just creates an environment where it's just the it's snoozers, like you said. But I, I think for the Celtics, I, I like the Celtics in this game. I, I think when they don't turn the ball over, um, it, it's too tough for the Heat to score in half court settings with all the guys who can guard multiple positions for the Celtics. So um, I, I got the Celtics here, um, and I think with Jimmy Butler being banged up the way he is, um, playoff Jimmy it has not been around for the past two games. I think at home, that's what they're going to need to get over the hump, and I just don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to do that. So, I got the Celtics tonight. I, look, I can get on here and try to give you picks. I don't know what the hell's going to happen in this series. It's been ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. No one's gotten this thing right uh, game to game. Um, you know, we came out there. I said Celtics in five. That failed. I think you might have said the Celtics might sweep them. Um, <laughs> it's, it's been... It's been back and forth, and I just, in my head, Miami is not that tough a place to play. It's a late-arriving crowd, kind of a wine-and-cheese situation. Boston's a free-for-all when you get into there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the Heat have played pretty well in there, and they're, the reason they were the seed they are and that they've reached this point in the postseason. Do you feel like, in this game, the Celtics need to win it to win the series? Uh, hmm. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm going to say, yeah, I think so. I think they do. I think uh, if the Celtics go down 3-2, um, it's going to create a world where it's going to be so much pressure on Jason Tatum to have those big performances. And we've seen him kind of come and go out of this lineup. And so if they're down 3-2, it's going to put so much pressure on them. Yeah, they could possibly win game six. But to go back to Miami... Um, and that place is going to be a ruckus for a game seven for, for a chance for the Heat to go to the finals. And I just I don't love the Celtics in that environment. I think the best path for them is to obviously win tonight, go back to Boston, close it out. I don't like the Celtics in the game. I know I picked them to win this series, but going back, especially to me, if the Heat the Heat win tonight, that means Jimmy Butler's probably playing and healthy, and that means you know they're they're getting guys confidence and and they're continuing to turn the Celtics over. They do that again. I I think it's going to be over for the Celtics. Are the Warriors picked to win the finals right now? Yeah, I'm going to have to go Steph. Yeah, I'm going to have to go Steph and the crew. I, I think 
I, I want to see a Celtics Warriors finals. I think that'd be great. Um, I, I would love that matchup between those two, two those two teams. I think if it's Warriors Heat, I, I love the Warriors in that matchup. I think the Celtics can give them a little more run, but right now I think the Warriors, they, yeah, they're poised to win it all again. I don't listen to a lot of Stephen A, but every time this time of year comes around and I see them on site at some of these arenas, I think about how mad he was when the Spurs were going through their runs. <laughs> I got to go sit on that boardwalk. It's the most boring city in America. Yeah. And that's generally, I thought that was. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, Stephen A, look, look, he loves him some Miami, man. Look, I, I like the production crew. They got the, the Latino music going on for Stephen A. He's wearing the suave button down, shirt unbuttoned and stuff. Yeah, look, he gets after it in Miami, man. The guys knows how to have a good time, and I, I love seeing that. I have a good time. It's pretty funny. We'll see tonight, as I mentioned on FanDuel. The uh, Celtics, a road favorite tonight. If you want to jump on that, check out the FanDuel Sportsbook. Let's take a timeout when we come back. Glenn West has got some new digs. Been talking to him for months now. <laughs> got a new employer. Go 247 has employed Glenn West. He's on the LSU baseball beat. He will join us next on Hunt and Hill. Hunt Palmer. And Hill. Reliable Roofing and Construction. Check out their work at ReliableRoofingBR.com. Yeah, guys, so happy to tell you about Reliable Roofing, a family-run, owned, and operated residential roofing company. They've been in business since 2008 with over 30 years of roofing experience. Sure have. When they come, you can be assured of a lot of things. One that I tell you every single day is that Lionel, the owner, is going to visit the site. He's going to come. not just going to send a crew out there get it done. No, he's going to come put his personal stamp of approval on it every job. Comes with a five-year labor warranty. And, look, when they come and they put that work forward and they leave, it's going to be like they were never there. They're going to clean everything up. It's going to be spotless. And, look, they've got a deal going on this summer that is awesome because they're such an awesome part of this Baton Rouge community they've been a part of their entire lives. If you're a teacher or if you're a senior citizen, 10% off of your roofing job when you contact Reliable Roofing and Construction. Check them out on Instagram, ReliableRoofingLLC.com. You can see their work. Look at it. They're proud of it. They show it off. It's right there, and you can also check it out on the website. Go check them out. It's ReliableRoofingBR.com. This is Hunt and Hill on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Auburn mounting a bit of a threat here in the third inning against Kentucky. They got a couple on and a couple out, but Sonny Deshara coming to the plate. We'll keep you updated as LSU catches the winner of Auburn and Kentucky in the SEC baseball tournament. Covering the LSU baseball team is Glenn West. You know him. He's been on for weeks and weeks and weeks, but... Shiny new business cards for the big guy. Glenn, congrats are in order. A move over to go two four seven. Yes, sir. Hey, hey guys, thanks. I appreciate it. How are you? How are you guys? Doing Good. very well. Um, better than the, the tarp crew over in Hoover that's having to work a little bit overtime. But I think maybe a good thing for LSU to get twenty four extra hours, forty extra hours to play this game as banged up as they are, you think? Oh, absolutely. I think any kind of additional time they could get uh, was, was certainly going to be beneficial to them. Obviously, with guys like Doty and Barry and Dugas all kind of banged up right now, any kind of extra time you can give those guys to get a little bit more right for this week uh, it, it is obviously a really great benefit. And obviously, uh, with the way that they keep having to push these games back, I think you have to start wondering if the SEC is going to start maybe thinking about making this a single elimination tournament this year. I think that's 
something we've we've certainly seen, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens if uh, these weather delays continue to be an issue. And we'll see the rest of the day. LSU scheduled to play early in the morning tomorrow. Where do you think LSU sits right now in terms of the hosting picture? Yeah, I mean, I think they're right on that bubble. I mean, I've looked at a bunch of the, you know, the the, the projections. Are uh, you know, D1 baseball is a big one that I look at, and they have them right, you know, on the outside right now. I think 17th out of you know 16 hosting sites, so they're they're right there. And I think certainly a win or two this weekend will uh, certainly help in their cause for for hosting. But uh, just in talking with Jay Johnson, and you know, we talked with Dylan Cruz yesterday as well. Um, you know, they, they obviously want to do as well as they can uh, in Hoover, but I think they're, uh, the whole team is focused on the big picture and, and, and getting this team as healthy as possible for the NCAA tournament. Um, they're, they're not going to force guys back for this week, I don't believe. And, uh, you know, it kind of run, runs into what, you know, kind of the theory that Jay Johnson has, which is, you know, they, it's very much a, a next man up kind of mentality. You've seen guys like Collier Cranford really step up in the last several weeks. Um, you know, on the mound, Ty Floyd is certainly a guy who's caught my eye over the last couple of weeks of the regular season. So, um, when, when you have some guys that are banged up and uh, you're trying to work them back and for them to be as healthy as possible, um, you, you like to see some of the the other guys step up. And I think you've seen that. Uh, how confident you if there is a world where K. Doty's not in this lineup, Dugas is not not in this lineup, and Barry's not in this lineup, that this team can possibly win two games in this tournament? It's going to be tough. I mean, we haven't seen that, at, you know, at all this year. Doty's been very consistently a part of the lineup the last three years, and um, obviously, you know, with Barry and Dugas, we know what they can do. And uh, you're going to have to do some serious reshuffling. Um, I think you got to start looking at some more veteran guys like uh, Drew Bianco. Wouldn't be surprised to see him kind of slide into that lineup. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Bianco fan just because of the the way that he kind of is a little bit of a Swiss Army knife for them. He has been for a long time now, and I think you can throw him into that kind of environment and it won't really phase him all that much. Um, but you, it, it's going to be very interesting. Obviously, you got the two freshmen, Stevenson and Pearson, out in the outfield that I think can certainly continue to do some things. I think you've seen enough from Collier Cranford to allow you to believe that he's capable of putting the bat on the ball and obviously making some really good defensive plays as well. Um, and, then, and then Joe Bear. I, mean, we like what, I like what Joe Bear has done, obviously, uh, at, at right field, he's been in and out at right field in the DH spot with Barry kind of banged up. So um, it seems like they, you know, they, they've been able to prepare for these kinds of scenarios the last week or two, just with so many guys banged up. And uh, we'll see if they can continue that here in Hoover. What do you think Jay does on the mound in Game One for LSU? It's a great question. I, I think you kind of got to go with your big bullets here, and you know, if they, if they have enough rest, uh, you, you certainly want to try to win as many games as possible, but if you really are kind of on that fence of, you know, whether or not to rush guys back, I think you got to throw your best arm, you know, to give you the best opportunity to win a couple of these games early this week. And so um, we'll see if Hilliard's ready to go tomorrow. Um, I, you know, we haven't spoken with Jay about uh, who's going to be the starter on Thursday. He was very, uh, you know, kind of hesitant to give us any kind of names and who's going to be a, you know, the starter in the first couple of games. So, just, just based off of theory, I think if you get, you know, Hilliard six days rest now, uh, I think he should be able to go for you if you really want to try to burn your big bullets here in the early part of this week. So I, I would probably say either Hilliard or, or probably even maybe Todd Floyd, uh, you can throw in that first game and feel comfortable. Jay said he's not going to announce a starter for any postseason game until 90 minutes before first pitch. What are your thoughts on that strategy? 
Well, I mean, obviously, it's not you know, it it creates a little bit more uh, you know, op, you know, just kind of you know, just up and down in terms of the media and what we think. But uh, you know, I think it's very smart strategy. Um, you know, it's something that, especially if you don't have much of a you know a consistent lineup, you know, throughout the regular season. I mean, we've had years where you kind of knew where Alex Lang was going to pitch, you knew where Jared Poche was going to pitch, but. This is this is a year where you've kind of thrown a lot of guys out there, and I think that the you know the kind of the strategy for this team is to really you know I think kind of catch some teams off guard, and we'll see if they're able to do that um, with this pitching staff. And um, I think you can certainly you know bubble in Hilliard as a starter, but after that, it's going to be very hard to know what they're thinking. I think it's going to be very matchup based, and uh, now that we're in the postseason time, this is the kind of the, you know kind of coaching maneuvers that Jay Johnson loves to do. It's the reason he wanted to come here and be a part of this conference because he likes the challenge of being able to write those uh, those cards up and, and, and see where they fall. So that uh, will be very interesting. We're all very confident in what Hilliard brings. And I think Ty Floyd's kind of stepping up in that in that second uh, pitcher role. Who would you want to see if possibly there's a situation where you need a start starter to kind of step up in that role and be the start starter for this team? Yeah, it's been it's been a little bit of a struggle. I think you know Dutton is a guy who can give you a couple innings here and there. Um, but it, it, it's going to be it's going to be a little bit weird. I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Obviously, you know, Blake Money is a guy who came in with such high expectations and, and started out the year gang, you know, guns a blazing. But you know, he, he's been hit on a little bit, you know, throughout the entire SEC play. So I'm not sure if he's a reliable guy you can have as a third starter. Uh, I, I do think you you, you kind of have to continue to roll the dice with Dutton, hope the freshman can continue to piece together solid outings. Obviously, it hadn't been. A really, you know, in terms of consistency, a great last few weeks for him. But, um, you know, I think he's a guy that you know, you're going to continue to roll with. And, um, you know, I think you could certainly see a scenario where Grant Taylor maybe gets another opportunity. Maybe there's a surprise guy that Jay likes to, you know, mix it up with later in the week. Maybe you see like a Jacob Hasty or a left-handed arm or something just to kind of, just kind of tool with things a little bit. And, and, you know, if you have most kind of a, if you're, Planning on having a third starter, and you're you're, you're kind of thinking you're going to piece together that last day. Um, it doesn't really matter who you start with, but um, you know it's just going to be kind of based upon the matchups. I think Kentucky just got a guy thrown out from right field at first base. You hate to see that. <laughs> um, so let me let's play some hypothetical here, Glenn. Um, if you're sure. uh, if you're LSU, would you rather be the 16th host seed looking in, at his trip to Knoxville in the Supers? Or would you rather be the two seed in, say, the 15 region and have to go on the road two times but not have Tennessee in the equation? What would you rather do? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Look, I, I, I think there's something to this team being able to play a little bit better on the road. I think they have just a, a really a really solid mind frame and mindset when they go on the road, and you can really see that uh, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you watch this team play. That's not to say that I don't think they would want to host if given that opportunity. I know they, they absolutely would. Um, but you know, in terms of just you know the the, the how the how the how the brackets break down, 
Um, I think being a two seed and going into, you know, a 15 seed regional or a 16 seed regional, um, something like that, you know, it, it's honestly something that these guys are used to. Obviously, a lot of these guys played last year in Eugene and, and in, uh, in Knoxville, they had that kind of, you know, they had that kind of, you know, that, uh, they have that kind of experience now under their belt in terms of postseason play. So, um, I think they're going to allow, you know, where, wherever the cards fold, they're going to go and, and compete as hard as they can. But, um, I, I certainly think there's something to this team playing a little bit better on the road than they have at home. They just seem to have a different mindset when they're on the road and, um, you know, it kind of us against the world mentality. And I think it's, it's, it's a really, uh, you know, kind of infectious way to get wins. That'll do it for Glenn West. Congrats on the new gig, sir. We'll be catching up down the road. Absolutely. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Glenn West, go 247. You can find his work there with the incomparable Shay Dixon. Auburn already gone to the bullpen to Trace Bright. He's really their second-best bullpen arm um, behind uh, Burkhalter, who's been awesome for him. We'll see how long Bright goes in this game. But it's a, basically a bullpen game for both of these teams. Uh, we've seen both guys, both teams start a guy who's been majority a reliever all year long. That's very common in first game in SEC play. You don't want to want to tax that starting rotation. But either way, you slice at LSU, very likely tomorrow going to get an SEC weekend starter, potentially a guy who's pitched on some game ones um, for either one of these teams. So we'll keep you updated for the next 20 minutes as we continue to churn through here. When we come back, we will get you caught up on all the scores in college baseball. We will also play some take it or leave it, and then we will get on down the road on a Wednesday edition of Hunting Hill. This is Hunt and Hill on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Hunt and Hill, 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Kentucky has struck first against Auburn. Cats lead one to nothing in the top of the fourth inning. Trace Bright on the mound for Auburn. He has started ten games for them this year. I'm trying to think potentially Mason Barnett would be the most viable option to start from tomorrow uh, for Auburn. Barnett started the first game in their weekend series against Kentucky um, over the weekend, so we'll see if that's a viable option. I don't know that they would go to Joseph Gonzalez who threw on Saturday. It is going to be Thursday, uh, and he certainly could, I guess. Um, but I think um, probably Mason Barnett, probably your best uh, best guess there. The key, though, in this game, if you're an LSU fan and you're paying attention to Auburn and Kentucky this afternoon, Blake Burkhalter has been absolutely unstoppable for Auburn this year in the bullpen. He has been fantastic for them um, uh, all week long, all year long. And LSU saw him here in uh, in Baton Rouge, and you certainly don't want to mess with with Guilfoyle, the closer for Kentucky. He was first-team All-SEC. He's a strikeout machine, um, and that's a dynamite pitcher. So what I'm telling you is the two closers for these teams are really good. You need the winner of this game to use their closer, hopefully for like two or three innings. Uh, it would be nice. Kentucky's playing for their season. So if they get uh, if they get a lead, you would figure you'll see uh, Guilfoyle in this game pretty quickly. Auburn has gone to Burkhalter with a lead all year. Wouldn't imagine that'll be any different. But long way away from that at this point as Kentucky leads one to nothing through three and a half in Hoover. We are pulling for Auburn personally because 
we want the RPI boost that comes with playing a top 10 RPI team. So they'll be keeping you updated on our early line as well as on after further review this evening, this afternoon with Matt with the goings on from Hoover, Alabama. Jeremy, let's close up shop. Let's do some take it or leave it. Fire away. All righty. PGA Championship winner and former Alabama Crimson Tide golfer Justin Thomas <laughs> decided to take some shots at Jimbo Fisher, stating that he has a 24-hour celebration rule, but Jimbo should probably hold off on celebrating until he wins something. Justin Thomas taking shots at Jimbo. Take it or leave it. I'll take it. Uh, anybody take can take it. shots at Jimbo at this point. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm all in on it. Uh, Jimbo does have a national championship to his name, so a little bit there. And he did beat your alma mater last year and certainly won the recruiting title. Um, but <laughs> nobody really cares about any of that stuff until he gets some hardware at Texas A&M, and he certainly has none of that uh, in Aggieland to this point. So I'm all I'm all for it. JT's probably feeling it a little bit after winning the PGA. He got his second major. He's a big Alabama guy. Probably feeling a little bit. He's he's fine. Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus predicted the next contracts of the top players from the 19 draft class, with Devin White being one of them, signing a five-year, $105 million contract with $55 million guaranteed. Devin White, $100 million man. Take it or leave it. Oh, I'll take that, man. I'll Look, take you got to pay the man. I know Levante Davis getting on the way out. and uh, I think for me, you don't pay Devin just for his ability uh, on the football field. He's a leader, man. To talk about a, a quarterback on the defense, um, I've never seen a linebacker come through this program at LSU and uh, be the leader that Devin White was. And I think for me, the biggest thing was him having an opportunity to skip out on the bowl game and go get drafted in the top 10. But deciding to go fight for the Fighting Tigers one more time and putting it on the line, it just goes to show type of character he is and we all we all know the type of man he is off the field so if there's anyone deserving of a hundred million dollar contract uh you got to pay that guy Devin White for sure I can tell you the best quarterbacks Burrow um I can tell and, and to me the best linebacker that I've seen here has been Devin White a lot of other positions I have a hard time giving you a definite that that's the best one I've ever seen wide receiver I could give you Josh Reed I could give you uh, Jets or Jamar, I give you Michael Clayton, Dwayne Bowe was an unbelievable. Like I can't give you one specific running back. Certainly, I can't give you one that comes to mind. Even corner, like you mm-hmm. could make the argument for a lot. He's the best linebacker, in my opinion, that I've seen at LSU. Yeah, uh, you can't disagree with that. I think obviously a Belichick winner. Just yeah. everything he did, that dude was unreal. So yeah, you definitely got to tip your cap to Devin. Uh, you want to go to the next one? Yep. All right, there you go. When preparing for the match against Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Tom Brady took no time taking shots at all the quarterbacks participating, taking Mahomes and Rodgers' best receiver, and left them in Josh Allen. We said he'd be next. Taking and leaving Tom Brady, talking trash to his opposing QB, saying he's taking their wide receiver. <laughs> I'll take it, man. Look, Tommy, Tommy gets going. He's know the confidence. I know he tries to keep it PC at times, but I think we're seeing the real Tom now. He's getting on the TikTok wave. He's getting on the Instagram wave. He's getting on the meme tra- the meme train like my boy Lane Kiffin. And, and Tom's just having a good time, man. So anytime Tom's cutting back, and that's probably the last guy you want to get in a, a verbal jabbing battle with with all the amount of Super Bowls that guy has. So, yeah, it was pretty funny to kind of see all those guys just kind of just taking it. They didn't really have much to say back to Tom. And uh, what are you going to say, man? That dude has six Super Bowls, so you got to you gotta let him talk his trash. All right, last one here. This is a heavily requested by the Bay for a chat, yep. so you have to throw it in there. After years of being annoyed by the Vandy Whistler, Barstool Mincy decided to confront him at the SEC tournament, stating that he was a disgrace to the SEC. Barstool Mincy, confront the Vandy Whistler. Take it or leave it. I'll take it. Um, I'll take it. You know, the Whistler, it's its so uniformly detested. I don't even know that Vanderbilt fans really like it. Everyone who's not a Vanderbilt fan hates it. I personally don't really hear it. I guess I'm just 
an idiot. I, I, I don't know. I just I don't hear it during the games as closely as everybody else does. What I will say is I learned something when Mincy did this. Um, I know what the Vandy Whistler looks like. I've seen pictures and in, in pictures of him. I've seen him in person. Um, I know what he looks like. This was a different guy. There's two of them. I had no idea there were duplicate whistlers. And Mincy got on the lesser known of the two. Um, and then some guy turned around and pointed scoreboard, which, you know, what is another childish reaction. Uh, look, it's not something I'm going to do necessarily, go down and tell somebody they're a disgrace. But Mincy was looking for the clicks. He got over a million of them, and that's the, the barstool way. So good on him for it. Uh, I just didn't know there were two. So that's disappointing, to say the least, that they've got backup whistlers that's um more than the league bargained for uh but you know, they're going to be around for a couple more days so we'll see if anybody else decides to take a page out of mincy's book and, and gets after him uh, auburn with a leadoff double here in the bottom of the fourth what are your thoughts on the rest of this one who's going to win it uh I, I think auburn i think auburn can score some runs down the stretch especially when, when kentucky gets deep into their bullpen yeah i think auburn can still score here so i, I like auburn to finish this one and win. i want to remind you that may is military appreciation month and 104.5 espn is honoring those that have served or are currently serving like charles harkless who was retired after 21 years in the united states air force slave and duffy currently serving our country in the united states navy to all the men and women that sacrificed so much for us 104.5 ESPN thanks you very, very much. And also want to remind you that uh, Swamp Pop is coming up. Uh, the title sponsor, Our Lady Lake Ascension, Jambalaya Cookoff, sponsor, Mike Ward's Liberty Safe, the presenting sponsor, Supreme Chevrolet, all getting involved in the Jambalaya Cookoff. It's going to be June 25th from noon to 9 over at Lamar Dixon. If you want to see the lineup of bands, you want to buy tickets to Swamp Pop, go to 104.5ESPN.com to get all of that done no clue when lsu is playing baseball next quite <laughs> honestly uh the projection is the first game tomorrow we'll see if the rains come this afternoon in hoover just stay posted and, and we'll let you know how that you know, impacts the content of our show we'll be on whether lsu's playing or not tomorrow but uh you know the tigers slated to play sometime around 9 30 depending on the weather and they'll get the winner of this Kentucky and Auburn game. Had a great show today. If you missed any of it, you can catch it on demand, 1045ESPN.com on the On Demand tab or on Apple uh, Podcasts or on Spotify. We've got our own channels there. Search Hunt and Hill. You can check all of that out. We opened up with some RPI talk and what's going on in the world of college baseball over the last 24 hours. You missed that. Catch it at the top of the show. Lane Kiffin talk uh, there in the meat of our number one. Lane had a lot of thoughts for Ross Dellinger, and we gave our thoughts on what Lane thinks. Some disagreed, some agreed. We had a great sit-down interview with Brian Westbrook uh, earlier. Uh, he was great um, talking about the NFL, talking about Ben Simmons, talking about uh, what's going on uh, up there with the Eagles, and we had a lot of, uh, of good discussion with Brian Westbrook. Glenn West on the LSU baseball team at 1.30. We'll be back tomorrow getting you caught up on all LSU's resume stuff and maybe reacting to their first game in the SEC tournament. Matt's driving you home 3-6 to six on AFR. Jimmy Ott's game time 6-8. Mario and Musso are next. We'll see you tomorrow on Hutton Hill. This is Hunt and Hill on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.